We're back on the big show, KTGR, KTGR.com, and the KTGR app with Andy Brendan and producer Chris. Boy, it was uh, an exciting college football weekend, of course, and we get to talk about it now with our good friend Bill Connolly over at ESPN. You can find him on Twitter at ESPN underscore Bill C, and uh, go and subscribe to ESPN Plus to read his great stuff about all things uh, college football. A lot to get to from the weekend, Bill, but we'll start with Mizzou, with how they performed against Ohio State. My gosh, through the first three quarters, um, man, uh, both teams uh, leaving a lot to be desired offensively for various reasons. But then all of a sudden, Mizzou uh, kicks into gear. They get a couple good drives and and end up sealing the victory. I just wonder how you kind of saw that game, Mizzou's performance in general uh, against that type of opponent. Yeah, I mean, the defining characteristic for this team ended up being just its 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 kind of relentlessness, its resilience, I guess. Uh, you know, we saw it early in the year when things weren't going well, but they still managed to kind of claw out some tighter-than-expected wins. We saw it against Kentucky, uh, the way that game started as poorly as humanly possible and, and, and turned out to be a blowout. Uh, and we saw it against Ohio State. I mean, this was... Brady Cook looked like he had lost the plot in the first half of that game. He was obviously he was under pressure about you know after about half a second with the ball. It felt like on a lot of dropbacks, and then when he wasn't or when he had receivers downfield, he wasn't seeing them. It was it was just kind of like uh, you know the way that game had started had kind of you know he, he wasn't seeing the game the same way, and they just kept pecking away. And of course, having the defense perform as well as it did, and having Ohio State's you know quarterbacks obviously uh, as limited as they were, you know it bought Missouri time and then eventually you know they found a way they found a way for most of the season and it was um it was cool i, I mean obviously you didn't beat a grade uh prime ohio state but that defense won a lot of games for ohio state uh, this year and that defense was pretty close to a grade it, it wasn't exactly missing very much and and they figured out a way so power to them yeah, and it was almost hard to maybe decipher what all was. Uh, it was mostly due to just the the non-scoring for the first three quarters there for Mizzou. It, it was hard to maybe pin it on. Well, are are they out of sorts, or is this just Ohio State being Ohio State on defense the way that they've been all year long? I just wonder how you maybe saw that uh, kind of two wrestling ideas uh, play out. Yeah. Well, the, the the pressure was a bit of a surprise. Ohio State, for all of their strength this year, and they really were one of the two or three best defenses in the country, uh, better better than Georgia, better than anything Missouri had faced this year, they weren't necessarily a humongous pass rushing team. So the fact that uh, they were able to get that much pressure on Cook and really throw him off his timing, uh, you could tell he just wasn't, uh, not that anybody can really get used to that, but he wasn't used to that much pressure, and it did seem to, to throw him off for a while. That part was a surprise. The fact that Ohio State tackled pretty well and most contained Cody Schrader at least for the for the first what 40 minutes or so um, you know that part wasn't necessarily a surprise but the the disruption levels were a little dis, uh, you know a little off-putting for a while there but but again they just uh, because Ohio State couldn't take advantage they got one last shot and they drove length of the field twice they you know figured it all out just in the nick of time. Bill Connolly of ESPN with us here on the big show, KTGR and KTGR.com. And it's not just, you know, uh, from what happened this year, uh, seeing that play out in that game, but also what could uh, come next year for Mizzou. And I think particularly for that defense, because they're, they're losing some guys to the draft. Uh, they had some guys out in that game already. But, uh, I mean, you saw guys like Tristan Newsom and then guys in the secondary uh, stepping up in those spots. Uh, I just wonder what you see this unit maybe becoming uh, in, in the years 
years to cut, or maybe this next year. We don't know who exactly will be on the roster, uh, of course, but just the, the players that we saw on the field that past uh, Friday, uh, factoring in possibly to, to the defense what it might look like as the Tigers get set for 24. Yeah, I mean, from the first string to the third string, this team just hit. I think that was the one thing that was especially noticeable. You know, you had guys playing, you know, more snaps than they were used to or whatever, but especially on, on the edges, especially at safety, I mean, if they got your hand, their hands on you, they were going to, you know, leave a mark more or less. They, they really, really, um, it was just a physical and aggressive and very confident unit. And, and that, that helped again, you know, with, even with Devin Brown, Ohio State probably scores 10, 14, 17 points. Points or whatever, so they certainly, you know, benefited from the quarterback situation. It wasn't their fault that Ohio State had no idea what plays to call with a four-star dual-threat backup, you know, quarterback. That it, 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 it seemed like maybe they should have him a little further along, and that wasn't Missouri's fault. But yeah, you know, they still had to tackle Travion Henderson. They still had to contain contain Buka. They there were still really good weapons out there for Ohio State and Missouri with its, you know mid to high three-star guys was able to, you know, contain the, the four stars they were up against and dominate the, the offensive line too. So that was good to see. Obviously, you know, the secondary, I guess if there's a concern next year, and I'm not really, I'm not yet willing to say it's a concern, but the secondary does lose some pretty impressive pieces. And, and we'll see exactly, obviously, some of the young guys who got chances this year perform really well. So maybe they can kind of ease in with no drop off. And obviously, Eli Drinkwitz is focusing a lot more on the front seven with his portal efforts. So that maybe tells you he's a little bit more confident uh, in the secondary overall. But yeah, the, the, the DBs, the front seven you know, with the transfers, he bringing in it looks really really nice um it, it seems like this is going to be talented roster we'll just see if next year's team is quite as good at uh winning close games as this year's was that'll be uh the big key for sure is uh, the tigers get set for 2024 bill conway of espn here on the big show ktgr all right so the playoff games from from monday uh, two great games of course and, and with the rose bowl playing out the way that it did in overtime everyone kind of circles the last play and thinks well why are they running uh jalen milrow up the middle but i just wonder like how michigan's defense really uh, affected things there because alabama was uh was not that big of an underdog in that game and of course the the fact they made it there and and had a real chance at the end certainly proved how far they had come but i just wonder how you saw that uh towards the end with michigan's defense eventually winning out yeah i mean no matter how many timeouts were called in that stretch it felt like there were 13 of them uh everybody knew Jalen milro was going to have the ball in his hands for that last play Uh, it was kind of a weird it was a weird play i thought there would be at least some sort of read some sort of option involved and it really just seemed like Hey, Jalen, run as fast as you can right up the middle, and that didn't work very well. But um, but it, it was, you know, Michigan. You know, my number is like Michigan by like nine points, and and you know, I, I'll, I'll pretend to claim victory on that one. So it took overtime for them to win by seven, but um, you know, Michigan really was the superior team this year, and and if not for a really good special teams unit just collapsing in every possible way, they probably win by ten points in regulation. I this really was. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see with Alabama moving forward. This was Nick Saban's worst team since about two thousand eight, and that. Does doesn't mean it was a bad team, but it wasn't one of the two or three best teams in the country. And how does he respond to that exactly? You know, he he seems to like his coordinator, so he's probably not going to you know fire Tommy Reese after one season. Um, but does 
Does he try to bring in an extra competition? Uh, you know, he needs help at the, in the skill core, but he also kind of needs better quarterback play. As good as Jalen Milrow is with the ball in his hands, running the ball, he, you know, it's a it's kind of a sack machine as well. And um, if they can't throw deep, they don't have any sort of intermediate passing him to lean on. So they were limited, and, and Michigan needed overtime to take advantage of that, but eventually they did. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll see how that translates to uh, to next week. But certainly did well to uh, contain him at the very end. And then, of course, uh, all the offense that happened between Texas and Washington in the later game that night. Uh, Michael Penix. I mean, just the the, the fact that he uh, did that in that moment. I I feel like it it kind of made people second guess about who the Heisman should have been. Look, Jaden Daniels very much uh, deserving and it's a regular season award of course but man yeah. just what'd you make of his performance in that moment uh, and look he's got talent all over but uh, you got to deliver the football and he did <laughs> yeah this was his best it kind of proved that you know there were rumors wafting around the entire second half of the year that he was you know battling rib injuries or this or that and and this was a reminder of yeah this is not this was not November Michael Penix if that Michael Penix had played the whole year he would have run away with the Heisman uh, but his effectiveness really did kind of slip at the end of the year. He gets a few weeks rest, and whatever was wrong seemed right, and that was the best game he's ever played. So it was so cool. It's just a, such a cool story. I gl- I'm glad it gets one more uh, chapter here, and then he goes to the pros and does whatever he does there. Uh, but it was a it, it was a nice reminder of when he's healthy um, and and just bouncing around in the pocket. Um, doesn't need to hardly step into a pass to deliver a really really uh, strong throw downfield. Uh, it was it was great, and, and and Washington needed it. Obviously, Texas they probably got lucky that Texas r- forgot to run the ball sometimes because Washington's run defense is really poor, uh, and Michigan's probably not going to forget that next week. Um, and and you know Texas almost managed to steal the game anyway. But yeah, Washington had the best quarterback in that game, and they'll probably have the best quarterback in the title game too. Yeah, that, that's looking to be the case. So that's going to create a very interesting matchup between Michigan and Washington uh, next week, and uh, we'll be looking forward to that. I do want to ask, though, uh, Bill, uh, with the rest of the bowl season happening throughout the weekend of the New Year's Six, of course, I'll just leave it at this. Uh, Florida State, <laughs> yeah. what does them losing by 60 to Georgia in the Orange Bowl mean to you? <laughs> um. It was funny. I mean, it was really just kind of like a, you know, well, you don't want to see us in the playoff. Well, you don't get to see us here either. Um, (laughs) Obviously, you'd like to to have thought that Mike Norvell and the coaching staff could have done a little bit better job of basically saying, hey, how about we stick it to the committee? Let's let's play one more game. It's full strength, blah, blah, blah. But there was a lot of negativity uh, after that decision, and a lot of guys opted out. And this was kind of destined as soon as – as soon as you know, you started to see the names popping up, and Keon, Keon Coleman, and and Johnny Wilson, and basically everybody, you know, what eighty percent of Florida State's particularly good players. As soon as that happened, and as soon as Georgia decided to send a message, this was this was preordained. So you know, obviously, opt outs are a thing that we all talked about during bowl season as well. Uh, the best starting. I mean, the, the twelve team playoff here is obviously very well timed. Just in that, you know, next year the top twelve teams will not have opt outs. They'll all be playing, um, and and they'll all be trying to win a national title. And so we don't really have to worry about that anymore. Even though obviously, you know, the number thirteen team is still going to have opt outs and yeah. number twenty or whatever else. Um, there's that's still going to be a thing just moving forward, but not for the top twelve teams at least. Right, and, and it seemed that you know, and and Kirby Smart was talking about it after the game with how you know the. 
oh, bowl season seems to be uh, broken or things like that. But it seems that that would be, I, I mean, the game that they played was an extreme example of yeah. that. And then, uh, as you mentioned, the top 12 teams, uh, it, it's going to be a non-factor going forward. But just the, what else about bowl season do you do you think if if these coaches are right and there needs to be changes about how we do this going forward is is there a better way? What what do you kind of read on that situation there, Bill? Well, I, I, the biggest problem is just that the calendar is the calendar. Um, you got to sign guys when you sign them. Yeah, I guess they could push this freshman signing day back and and you know back to like mid January or something. Uh, but transfers need to transfer so they can get to the new school next semester. And you know unless we're going to just start the entire season early, you can't really fiddle with the calendar all that much. I, I know everybody's talked about you know we should move bowls to you know first week of the next season. And that'd be fun and and saw somebody say spring ball that's fine too i don't think so but you know there, there are you could you could take extremes but in the end what i kind of reminded myself throughout bowl season was bowls were initially exhibitions uh performed to celebrate to, to basically you know commemorate good seasons to you know congratulations on the good year here's a trip um you'll have to play some football but don't worry about it won't even count towards the polls until the late 60s and it kind of seems like we're circling back to that. You know, it, it, you know, there were teams like what Western Kentucky lost a ton of transfers. Just basically kind of had who they had, and they had to go out and figure out a way to to get past Old Dominion, and they fell behind like twenty eight nothing or whatever, and then they came back and won anyway. Like a lot of teams played really well with their backups, and um, you know, the games that had fun sponsors and you know mascots you could eat and whatnot those <laughs> right. games were very were very well watched they became kind of these little viral phenomenons and maybe that's the way forward we're just going to try to have a little fun little spectacle to watch on december 27th um it's not gonna you know the national title race is completely separate but anybody who wants to play and wants to celebrate a good year can and you know that maybe that's maybe that's just what it's going to be moving forward Hey, nothing, nothing wrong with having fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at the end of the season, why not? So uh, uh, we'll see how, how that looks in 2024. Certainly going to look different with the playoff, but we'll uh, see what happens. Uh, Bill Connolly of ESPN with us here on the Big Show KTGR. Hey, thanks, Bill, so much for, for coming on. Hope all is well, and we'll talk again soon, my friend. Sounds good.